Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Chip Nonger. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. It's nice to come on and talk about what's happening in the market. So Chip, how are you doing today, man? Doing great. We've had a, a heck of a run here the last uh, three weeks, uh, you know, of fall. I mean, we're deep into November, but beautiful weather, sun shining. Um, it's gonna, it's gonna all come crashing down and change next week. But uh, boy, we've got uh, a lot of field work done. All the crops out here in the general vicinity, and uh, a lot of field work done, ready for, uh, ready for next spring. So it's been a nice run, and I think everybody's ready. Uh, it's been a long harvest. A lot of work, uh, and a couple weather slowdowns, but uh, I think people are geared up and ready for uh, Turkey Day next week. Yeah, for sure. I think and we're the same way out here. It's been um, remarkably pleasant for this time of the year. Usually we've had two or three snows and a blizzard somewhere in the mix, and we've had that one snow, that one cold snap that came through, but predominantly it's been nice sunny days and no real rain or anything to speak of. So it's been a very cooperative harvest so far, for sure for sure let's, let's hope it stays like that i know that uh, we need some areas uh need some moisture uh especially the western corn belt but uh i don't know i i never like to see it in the form of a bunch of snow but uh, i guess it does it, it will take it one way or the other but uh i don't know the snow yeah. can hold off for a little while yeah, as far as i'm, I'm concerned 
I'm, I hear you. I was after Thanksgiving. That's when it can snow. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. So a lot to talk about today. I, you know, I've, I've watched this a million times on TV just to kind of get my head wrapped around. I've listened to many pundits talk about it and everything else, but you know, uh, President Xi Jinping from China showed up in uh, San Francisco to go to the APEC conference. Uh, had his little private meeting with uh, uh, Joe Biden, and there are some very, very ca- good catchphrases come out of that one. I'm sure Saturday Night Live is going to have a ball with that one. Um, <clears throat> but if you, you know, G showed up with this like, I don't, I don't know where all this hostility is coming from. We've been friends for a long time. Mike approached everything, and then all of a sudden, you know, now two months ago we were ready to go to war, and now all of a sudden we're we're best friends again. In your opinion, as you take a look at that situation, what what do you think one of the biggest reasons or some of the biggest reasons you think Xi came to the table like that? Well, I just think that's, you know, as you look at the history of relations of, of anyone, not this U.S. and China, but China and anyone, I think that's, uh, you know, pretty common, pretty standard operating procedure there that, uh, you know, uh, they kind of play the puppet game. Here's what my right hand's saying. And. We're going to go ahead and yeah. do what uh, we want with our left hand yep. while we're talking a good game here. So <clears throat> I don't mean to be too cynical. You know, they they gave us some goodwill. They they bought a bunch of beans ahead of that uh, ahead of that meeting. They bought a, a pretty healthy chunk of beef and pork too the week prior, and so there was a little bit of goodwill there. But at the end of the day, you know, did anything get accomplished? And I, I don't know that there's anything definitive that that came from that. Um, you know, um, I think maybe the the bungle at the end of it with the with the dictator uh, dictator being put out there, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, may yeah. have set the set the yeah. whole meeting back a little bit. It seemed to to uh, kind of uh, anger the the Chinese delegates after the fact there. So I don't know what will come out of it. Um, I, I think it's a little bit of glad ha- glad handling and you know typical Chinese relations right um i I don't think that that's uh, anything different than what uh typically happens and i think the rubber where the rubber meets the road is we'll see if there's any changes or anything uh, substantive that comes out of that but uh there may be in uh, a lot of uh a lot of tail wagging all for nothing uh, in the end result yeah that's uh when i saw that happen i kind of you know makes you think back you know you're, you're in the bar and your buddy's running his mouth and you look over to the guy hey he's drunk guys all right just, just give him a break you know that's what it all, that's what it made me think of you know? so she said crazy. she'd go out with you just stop talking now <laughs> exactly right yeah so i'm just like man i cannot believe you said that of all the things that he could have said but yeah that yeah was, exactly that totally exactly crazy. just turn around and leave you got her number she said yeah. you could call her but yeah. Nope. You had to stay there and uh, and, yeah. and keep yapping and mess it up. Ruined it, bro. Good job. Good job. Uh, but yeah, so that was a that was a crazy thing, and uh, we'll see what comes from that. But a couple other things came out. So we got some rain coming in Brazil. That's something that's been a hot topic here of late. As you watch what's going on there, um, kind of sounds like it's all for naught in some cases. As you look at some long term forecasts, but Chip, what are you seen happen down there with that? Yeah, you know, we took about 60, almost 60 cents out of the bean market from the highs of this week to the where we closed um, uh, this afternoon uh, on Friday. So uh, extracting a little bit of weather premium. We haven't really done any damage to the long-term charts. Uh, they are going to get some rain, it looks like, maybe up to three-plus inches in some areas that, that really need it. It's, in some of those areas, it's going to be the, 
really the first nice rain they've had in, in essentially two months. So they've got some serious issues down there with some of the beans that are already in the ground need replanted or, or really have been dinged by the, the drought. They had record high temperatures. But there's no question they're going to get some rain. They took a little weather premium out of the bean market. The soy meal market also uh, saw some profit taking the end of the week. But these long-range weather models are kind of still leaning that this isn't a change of pattern. This is just kind of a isolated shower activity in a much longer hot dry period that looks like it could last well into December. And the longer that lasts in December, the more that really um, could curtail their production potential. And, um, you know, it's it's early on and, and it's a rainforest and it's always going to rain, right? But right. this is kind of a historic deal on, on what uh, looks to be, uh, you know, an ongoing uh, El Nino situation that's very, very strong. And so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Next week is a short week with, with Thanksgiving. So we've got uh, a regular close Wednesday, no markets Thursday, no night markets Thursday, and then the market opens uh, at 8.30 a.m. Central on Friday, but closes early Friday, I believe at 12.15 Central. So we've got a really chopped up week next week, um, kind of holiday volume, and if there's some money flowing one way or the other, it can really push things. So that forecast is really going to be closely watched uh, Sunday night and Monday morning to see you know, how much rain fell uh, and, you know, are we flipping right back to hot dry again or there's some some follow up rains in that forecast. So there's, uh, I guess, point being, there's still a lot of volatility potential out there in the bean market. And that'll be front and center next week. Yep. Yep. And we've something else, too, that's kind of happened this week. We've seen we've been watching the interest rate situation. Obviously, we've seen some of the stuff in the private markets places where we've seen some of that interest rate slip. If you take a look at what's going on. With the CPI and the PPI reports that came out, they came in significantly lower than what anyone expected them to come in at. And that's a good sign showing that what the Fed's doing is is working. Um, how much longer is the Fed going to keep things where they're at? So I guess thoughts there. Yeah, that's that's something that uh, maybe affected our, our prices here across our uh, grain and livestock markets more than anything. There wasn't a lot of news fundamentally uh, this week in, in the grains or the livestock markets. but you know, the CPI report, the PPI report that you mentioned did come in, uh, you know, less inflation than expected, less than estimated, and kind of gets the financial markets thinking, okay, we've seen the, the end of the interest rate increases. We had a huge rally in the stock market over the last two weeks. You've seen interest rates correct quite a bit uh, lower very quickly. I think uh, the 10-year the, uh, rate is, was down nearly a half a percent this week alone. Uh, the dollar index is at three-month lows as you've kind of unwinding this whole inflation-type um, trade, right, that featured short equities or stocks, um, long interest rates, uh, short bond futures, which is inverse of the interest rates, so short futures, long rates, and long the dollar. And so you're unwinding some of that, and it's pressure in the dollar. It's, it's kind of ignited the stock market higher. And you've had a steep correction lower in interest rates. And I think it also pulled some money back out of, uh, you know, it wasn't just the grain markets this week that were were beat up. You saw some selling pressure across the livestock markets. A lot of the soft commodities got beat up. Crude oil, um, you know, just, just pummeled this week. It came back on Friday, but just an ugly week in crude oil. And I think what's happening maybe is this, this longer term pool of money that came into 
commodities and hard assets as an inflation hedge, now sees the all clear with these cooler CPI and PPI inflation reports, and you're seeing some money get pulled back out. And I think that's not a never-ending long, it shouldn't be that long-term of an issue. Uh, and so I, I think once that sifts out, and we might be a long way towards that, uh, we could maybe find our footing a little bit better on the corn and the wheat market seem to have taken that, uh, you know, the worst. Obviously, we've got some weather premium in the bean market here because of the Brazil situation. But I think that uh, the, this week's CPI and PPI report maybe caused some money flow, uh, you know, to be pulled out of the inflation trade. And I think that really, for a couple of days, pressured the entire commodity sector and not much news to, to talk about this week. Pretty light volume. And it really kind of pressured corn and wheat, especially. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, <clears throat> kettle on feed report came out. Nothing too spectacular there, but um, we've been watching what this looks like and what this volume is. We're start, we've seen volume increase over the last couple of uh, couple of reports that come out. So I guess, Chip, what's this report look like to you? Yeah, it's, um, you know, if you think back a month ago um, to the previous cattle on feed report, really showed some bearish numbers there and really shocked the market. And it kind of set off some massive selling. And we saw a huge break in cattle prices. They seem to have stabilized this week. <clears throat> Still getting a lot of volatility day to day, you know, two, three dollar swings back and forth. They were, you know, a touch higher this week. But the cattle on feed came in um, a little higher than a year ago, but well under estimates. So the cattle on feed I'm looking at right now is 101.7. That was three tenths of a percent below the average estimate. The placements were 2.2% below the average estimate at 103.8. So the numbers were bigger, but they didn't uh, kind of show that worst case scenario. The placement number was six tenths of a percent lower uh, than the average at 97 and a half. So um, I, I think the worst case was averted. I think the, the fact that we sold off so hard the last two or three weeks, maybe the, the worst has been seen. We've really stretched this cattle market um, you know, into a, a real oversold position. And I think if this cash market can hold it together, which is a, a little bit of a, of a dicey situation, if we can see the cash market stabilize and bounce a little bit going into the end of the year, we could see a nice snap back in cattle. Uh, you know, not 20 bucks, but certainly six to $10 probably from where we close today is possibility and might set up the next uh, real opportunity to hedge some cattle out into, uh, you know, the, uh, the early spring and the first quarter of 2024. So, uh, volatility is going to rain there for a while. You've seen some big daily ranges, just, you know, stuff that makes your head spin as fast as this cattle market moves. But, uh, I think, at first glance, this cattle on feed report here, you know, kind of averted the worst case scenario like we saw a month ago. It was bigger numbers, but that was should have been well expected. And the numbers uh, were were well under what the uh, the average estimates were. So should have uh, maybe averted some, uh, you know, some of the most bearish uh, cases here with this uh, report this afternoon. Okay. Um, the hog market. Um Man, I tell you what, they get they get an opportunity, they run a little bit, and then it just the rug gets pulled right out from underneath them. As you look, what's going on there now, Chip? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. We just just when you think, um, you know, one day you think, uh, man, I wish I wish I sold them and, and got some hedged, and you know, the the market uh, sells off a buck and a half, and then the next day they're they're up two bucks, and you're like, man, I'm glad I didn't hedge them. They're going a lot higher. 
I, to me, even though the range is really choppy in here in a five or six dollar range, um, that to me says we're at a fair value, right? So we're kind of searching for the next, uh, you know, big fundamental uh, uh, input here. I think we're at a fairly fair valued. We've seen obviously corn prices near the bottom of the range. We've seen meal come off its highs. And so I think that will continue. This typically isn't the time of year that, you know, you push down into new lows in, in lean hogs anyway. So as you come, uh, you know, out of the holidays into the first part of next year, there ought to be some some better opportunities here. But I think we need to have our finger on the trigger. And if you see some pushes into, you know, multi-month highs here over the coming weeks, it really should be seen as an opportunity to get some uh, risk taken off the table. All right. Um, I got one thing I just came across here as I'm looking through this stuff. China's talking about exporting um, or stopping exports of nitrogen out of the country. Now, obviously, China and Russia and Ukraine are some of the biggest areas where that comes from. Um, now, the United States gets kind of mixed up into that whole, you know, oh, my God, the sky's falling thing. But we do produce the majority of our fertilizer here in the United States coming out of Canada with the stuff we got out of Canada. But I guess looking at that, that's accurate. And that, that is a, I guess, what's your thoughts? You start looking at, at Europe and those kind of countries that rely heavily on that area to, to supply those kind of inputs. I mean, what, what are your thoughts there? And, and do you feel like that's just more of a, you know, hey, we're going to throw this in the face of the United States for a minute just because of what it is? Or do you feel like there's something bigger there? Well, I think there's something bigger there, right? Because I think that uh, back to what we were talking about before, you know, I mean, the the fact of the matter is that, you know, China and Russia are buddy-buddy now and kind of the new, right. uh, you know, the, the new big dog in town. And so um, it energy, fuel has been a, a weapon and, and uh, used as a deterrent for a long time. And I think the one thing that's maybe new in this uh, this this Ukraine Russia situation is that now food is being kind of used as uh, um, you know part of the war and so yeah you know I, I think that that's definitely something that um, has some pretty serious implications now all that being said I, I think nitrogen fertilizer is down pretty substantially from a year ago uh, a lot of producers um, you know that use fall applied uh, anhydrous um, you know talk about being on sale some of them locked that in essentially two-thirds uh of of what it was the previous year so there's been some big price decreases i think most producers have been able to take advantage of that at least partially but it is something that uh, really we need to watch not just here but worldwide you mentioned in uh in parts of uh, europe that's that's big there's uh, you know more fertilizer um you know that's that's produced in that Middle East region as well, um, I wasn't even aware of it until the you know this whole Israeli Gaza thing, um, you know Palestinian thing kind of flared back up. Uh, but there's some some fairly major um, you know fertilizer production in that part of the world, and and so you know I think that's something we need to you know kind of watch going forward. It could always be a little bit of a flashpoint. It can also be used as you know a little bit of a, a you know. Uh, a weapon, so to speak, oh, sure. is the is the production of that. So, you know, to me, it just speaks back to what COVID taught us all. We need to produce more of what we use in this country, whether it's food, drugs, fertilizer, inputs, steel, whatever it is. I'm just a simple farm boy, Casey. Seems like we should be producing more of that domestically and rely less on people across the world that sometimes, oftentimes, 
aren't even friendly to us and are outright enemies. Well, they're friends now. I don't know if you saw that. On there, there were best buddies again. So yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> this definitely. I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. Sure. 100%. Sounds good on paper. It does. It really does sound good on paper. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, you watch some of this stuff happen, and you wonder how many times it has to happen before we step back and say, we're going to have to stop doing what we're doing here. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, it's going to take a while for people to, to get it. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's usually at the expense of having uh, a little bit of pain before the general population uh, gets it. So for sure. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's for sure. Well, Chip, uh, any final thoughts before we shut things down today? No, I'd say Casey, I don't know what your schedule like next week, but uh, Thanksgiving, uh, you know, most people are kind of post harvest here and and a lot to be thankful for pretty good yields in general. Uh, So if we don't talk, I I think that uh, you and, and your family and everybody listening uh, hopefully has a, a great Thanksgiving. I, I love that. It's my favorite holiday. Uh, it just seems like it's it, it's low stress. It's not as much stress as no Christmas, pressure. and uh, no you can really uh, kind of relax, enjoy, and uh, and and give thanks for what we've got because there's a lot there. As much as I uh, like to, uh, you know, talk about the problems we have in the United States, there's still a lot to be thankful for. So uh, I think that's the take home for me. Nope. Happy, uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, you and your family as well. And, and, uh, I Thanksgiving is far and away one of my favorites because it's no pressure. It's, <laughs> the only thing you have to worry about is if you eat too much and if you fall asleep during the football game, that's about, that's about it. You know? That's right. That's right. Wish they were all like that. That'd be like, hey, in, in Detroit, you know, I'm just a general football fan and Detroit's, uh, got something, something uh, to cheer for this year. They are, uh, they are looking pretty, pretty good. Um, What's that coach's name? Dan something? Dan. Uh, oh, come to me in a second. Anyway, he's done a great job. He is intense, man. Yes, he is. He's done a great job, and his team is uh, – you can tell they really like that guy. So it's it's, uh, it's fun to watch. Fun to watch. Yeah. Just wish, uh, wish Barry would have had something like that when he played there. That would have been nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, man. Chip well, I'm a, I'm a Bears – I'm a, I'm a dying uh, heart uh, Bears fan. Yeah, so You have to be. Same thing about uh, Walter. You know, they yeah. – uh, yeah, a long history of pain in that organization. Yeah, yeah, you have to be a, a pretty diehard Bears fan anymore, and they just can't. It's pretty ugly this year. They just can't pull it together. I don't know what the deal is, but they cannot. So, good times, <clears throat> good times. Well, Chip, appreciate you being on, man. We'll talk to you again next time. Uh, folks, I'll reach out to you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, just give us a call at the office uh, here in Morton. Three zero nine five five zero seven two one three is our our main office number, and. Uh, Love to chat with you about uh, a marketing plan for the rest of your 23 crop. And I think 24 crop we didn't talk much about, but, uh, you know, had some opportunities this week north of 13 bucks on no 24 beans. So it's not too early to be thinking about what your risk management plan should be like for the uh, 24 crop in here. Sure. Yeah, 24 is going to be an interesting year. I think it's there's going to be as much fireworks up and down as there are in anything. I mean, I think it's just going to be a it's going to be a crazy, crazy fun time. So. Well, uh, that's why we have you on here, Chip. Tell us what's Always going. something new. Always something new. That's right. That's right. All right, Chip. Appreciate you being on, man. You bet. Thanks for having me, Casey. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast. Go to – I got a, I got a Snapchat now. It's uh, at Moving Iron Podcast, big time. And I got 
I got the TikTok now too. It's that Moving Iron podcast. Check that out as well. Wow. I'm really, I'm really there. Plus, you can go watch the video version of this over on the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron podcast. YouTube channel to check it out there. So there's no reason not to. Yeah, you're 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 worldwide now. I'm everywhere now. Every you know? channel available. I'm what they call global. So that's that's uh we're really really coming along there nicely. I like it. That's why you hire someone that could do your social media because I don't even know what half that stuff means. So good times. <laughs> Good times. All right. So check that out there. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. Got some big announcements coming up here over the next next month or so. You'll see some stuff pop up. Plus, hopefully, a new website will be up here by the end of the year. I got to get my end of stuff done so that can happen. So hopefully, that happens here sooner than later. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Chip Nellinger. It's going to be some iron, folks. Out. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron. In the 21st century, hard work.